This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. Taiwan's central bank raised interest rates for the first time in over a decade on Thursday, a move that surprised industry analysts as the economy starts to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. Our reporter Eric Gao has more. With inflation on the rise in Taiwan, the central bank is taking action. At its first board meeting of the year on Thursday, the bank raised the benchmark interest rate by 25 basis points, or 0.25%, to 1.375%. The move surprised analysts who had expected a smaller rate hike or none at all. The rate had been at a historic low for seven quarters to help the economy weather the COVID-19 pandemic. It's the central bank's first rate hike in 10 years, taking the rate back to pre-pandemic levels. It said Taiwan's economy is recovering. The bank even nudged up its annual projection for growth, which is now estimated at just over 4%. And where there's growth, there's inflation. The interest rate hike will have an impact on homeowners and their mortgage rates. But Yang says payments won't go up by that much. The central bank is not expecting to hike rates further in the short term. Chris Ma and Eric Gao for Taiwan Plus. U.S. President Joe Biden is set to speak with China's Xi Jinping on Friday to discuss Russia's war in Ukraine. It's the first direct talks between the two leaders since a virtual meeting held in November. The White House has warned that Beijing could be considering assisting Russia militarily. The call takes place ahead of Biden's trip next week to participate in a NATO summit in Brussels. To find out more on China's position on Ukraine and Russia, I spoke to John Dotson, Deputy Director of the Global Taiwan Institute in Washington. I'm personally skeptical that um, that the Chinese leadership, again centered uh, on Xi Jinping, is going to do very much to pressure the Russians. Uh, for example, to you know to make a peace agreement or, or to withdraw. I expect they will be taking at least some limited steps to try to uh, assist the Russian government because they they want to keep that tie and they want to sort of foster that. Um, that strategic alliance between the two countries that Xi Jinping himself is, is very invested in. In terms of uh, President Biden's phone call uh, with Xi or his discussions with Xi, um, I expect the, uh, the Chinese leadership or Xi is going to be noncommittal. The man convicted for the rape and murder of an international student in southern Taiwan has been sentenced to death after a year-long trial. You the 30-year-old, surnamed Niang, was found guilty of sexually assaulting and then killing Malaysian national Irene Chung, a student at Sangrong Christian University in Tainan, in October of 2020. The judge handed down the death penalty as the crime was premeditated and because Liang had shown no remorse over his actions. The verdict can still be appealed.
A court in Honduras ruled that the country's former president can be extradited to the United States to face drugs and weapons charges. The U.S. accuses Juan Orlando Hernandez of taking millions of U.S. dollars in bribes to protect drug traffickers over almost two decades. The former president denies any wrongdoing, and his lawyers said he will appeal the decision. Hernandez's government enjoyed a close relationship with Taiwan. He made a state visit to the country last year before leaving office. Today marks eight years since the start of the Sunflower Movement, which saw Taiwan's legislature occupied by protesters for more than three weeks. The action was in response to growing Chinese influence in the country and perceived undemocratic governance by the then-ruling Kuomintang. Ryan Ho Kilpatrick takes a look at its lasting legacy. Eight years ago today, a moment that changed the face of Taiwanese politics and heralded a worldwide shift in perspective. On March 18, 2014, demonstrators stormed Taiwan's legislature and stayed there for 23 days, the first time it had ever been occupied by citizens. They were there to protest the cross-strait service trade agreement, a treaty brokered between Beijing and the Kuomintang government that would open sensitive industries to Chinese investment. For the students who led the charge, it was a life-changing moment and, for many, the first taste of a career in politics. The movement's success in shelving the agreement propelled a new generation into politics, forming their own parties or being absorbed by the then-opposition Democratic Progressive Party, DPP. But the legacy of the Sunflower Movement wasn't just felt in Taiwan. It influenced Hong Kong's umbrella movement, which erupted later the same year, and presaged a sea change and how the rest of the world viewed China under its increasingly aggressive and authoritarian new leader, Xi Jinping. China's rise used to be perceived as a welcoming, uh, welcoming uh, constructive forces. But everything's changing with Xi Jinping. I, I think that in 2018, there was a new narrative about sharp power that really changed the Western's image of the, the China. But in Taiwan and Hong Kong, I think what have, happened in these two societies were actually predating the world trends. Eight years after the fact, the Sunflower Movement has gone down in history as a pivotal moment in Taiwan's democratic development. But it's not just a matter of history. Its impact and the people involved continue to shape Taiwan to this day. Ryan Hill Kilpatrick for Taiwan Plus. Taiwan's president is encouraging those who have yet to see the Hong Kong protest documentary Revolution of Our Times to head to the theatres. Tsai Ing-wen attended a special private screening in Taipei on Thursday. Taiwan is the only place in the world where the film has received a theatrical release. It is banned in Hong Kong. Released in February, the film documents the 2019 anti-government movement in the Chinese territory. It has proven a hit among Taiwanese viewers who see similar between Hong Kong and Taiwan's own relationship with China. Tsai said the film is a reminder of the importance of democracy. Taiwan's king and queen of badminton, Zhou Tianzheng and Dai Ziying, have both advanced to the quarterfinals of the All England Open. They'll play ne their next matches on Friday. Dai is currently the world number one and has won the Open three times. 
More than two million people have now crossed the border from Ukraine into Poland. Many of those fleeing attacks by Russia traveled to the capital, Warsaw, which has seen its population swell by at least 10 percent over the last few weeks. Taiwan Plus's Rick Lout reports from the city on the response to Europe's largest refugee crisis in decades. For 31-year-old Ukrainian Dasha Ivanovna, leaving home with her children was not an easy decision, and her husband had to stay behind. Without him, the young family has spent the last three days here in what is now the largest refugee center in Europe. Dasha is just one of the three million people who have fled violence in Ukraine. Most of them are now in Poland, where authorities in the capital Warsaw are straining to cope with the swelling numbers. This exhibition center can sleep up to 20,000 people. It provides a temporary accommodation for people who have fled the conflict in neighboring Ukraine. At the moment, six or 7,000 people are sleeping here whilst they wait to find more permanent accommodation or for onward travel to other places in Poland or around Europe. Sophie Jiang is a Taiwanese expat teaching in Warsaw. She has been organizing funds from her friends and relatives in Taiwan and buying supplies for the refugees in Warsaw. Sophie is just one of the many people around the world moved by the plight of Ukrainians. Wei Zhao, a Taiwan expat who has now lived in Poland for 10 years, has taken two Ukrainians into her own home. As a Taiwanese in, in Poland, like it's just like an uh, Ukrainian in Poland. So I want to use my um, some knowledge or some experience in the past to, to support them how to go through this. Yeah. 21-year-old Margarita, who travelled for 64 hours on seven trains to get to Warsaw from Chikasi in central Ukraine, was not expecting to be welcomed by someone from the other side of the world. I thought that people who uh, who helps, uh, who put themselves yeah, in, in our shoes, uh, they are also heroes because uh, it's it's not so easy to uh, to you know to have some random people uh, at your house to uh, to give them like uh, anything you you have. So it's also heroism for me. It's been three weeks since Russian forces began their invasion of Ukraine. And in the last few days, Russian missile strikes have landed close to the Ukrainian border with Poland. People here are growing uneasy. But they say that won't stop them from doing what they can to help the millions who are fleeing Russian aggression. Rick Lauer for Taiwan Plus in Warsaw, Poland. Thank you for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.